The Let It Fly Show. I am Michael Severe. My partner, Josh Jones, is off this week. He's got some stuff to take care of. He'll be back next week. But I want to remind you about the Let It Fly Sports Bar opening up in the Capital District June 16th. That day may sound familiar to you for a reason. It's because they're going to play that big baseball tournament they do at the end of the college baseball season every year. You know, it happens downtown. Uh, That's going to be happening starting that day, that Friday. The Let It Fly Sports Bar will be opening as well. Great specials we're going to have. For example, um, buy a $100 gift certificate, you get $25. So you get $125 with the gift certificates for just $100. You'll be able to find all of that very soon online at the Let It Fly Sports Bar.com. Again, downtown in Omaha. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. Um, I, I've seen the specs for this bar. It's going to be incredible. You got these giant screens everywhere. I was asking folks actually on Twitter last week what's the number one thing you want from a sports bar? And it was sight lines. You got to have good sight lines to be able to see all the games you want to watch. And that'll be there. And of course, the second thing was food. And we met with the chef a few weeks ago. Remember, he was on the show with us. We chatted with him. Going to have great food, a great variety with the menu as well. So you'll have great sight lines. You'll have a great variety of menu. The other one for me is comfortable chairs. I think if you have good chairs, because you're going to sit there for maybe seven hours on an NFL Sunday, if you hang around for the Sunday night game, maybe you'll pull a 10-hour. I don't know. But we'll have comfortable seats as well. That is the Let It Fly Sports Bar opening up in the Capital District June 16th. Again, check out the website, letitflysportsbar.com. Find all the specials that will be happening as well. Also brought to you by Omaha Steaks. This is 1917, a proud local company, great owners, know them very well, they do a great job, and they supply a lot of great food to restaurants across the city. And, of course, that will be the case down to Let It Fly Sports Bar as well. As I mentioned, Josh Jones out this week, but this week, Saturday, of course, we have the spring game. Um, And I'm excited about that. We're going to preview that for you with the color voice of the Huskers, my former co-host, of course, former Husker as well, and the 1996 Orange Bowl MVP, Damon Benning, will join us on the show as well. We'll chat about his expectations for the spring game and what he's learned so far for the spring. Of course, it's always a what quarterback does the best kind of game. We'll be watching a bunch of other stuff. I'll have some of the things I'll be looking forward to in the uh, spring game coming up in a second. We'll also talk to the latest Creighton Blue Jay. He is uh, point guard Stephen Ashworth. He, of course, just committed to Creighton just a few days ago. Three years at Utah State. We'll go over some of his numbers. He was truly one of the best shooters in the country, especially when you're talking about coming off of screens, catch and shoot guy. One of the best. Might be number one. I, um, I know Jacob Padilla had some great stats. He's, of course, with Hale Varsity. Number one catch and shoot guy in the country, uh, which is incredible to think about. You know, you, you lose Ryan Nimhart at point guard who was a really good facilitator. He could give you games where he could score. I mean, he scored 30 points um, in that second-to-last game. But he also, at the same time, wasn't the shooter this kid has been at Utah State. And I know it's a, it's a little bit lower level, but compare his numbers when he was playing against San Diego State, the runner-up for the national championship. This is a guy he had the first game, didn't play all, all that great. I think only had like eight points. But the next two games played all but two minutes and played really well. And Utah State gave San Diego State everything they wanted. You know, I think they lost by two and then lost by six in those two, those second two games. Played him three total times because he played him in the uh, Mountain West tournament. So we will chat with him as well about his thoughts on why he decided to commit to Creighton and what he brings to the team. Let's get to 
something that happened last week that I want to talk about, and that's the Jet Award. Uh, we previewed it with Johnny the Jet Rogers, and it was a great event. The gala was incredible. So many great parts. Kellen Winslow, former San Diego Charger, Minnesota. Um, that's where he went in college, of course. Uh, just, just incredible. He, he gave a great speech. But the guy that won the night by far, and this won't shock you, Matt Rule. I mean, Matt Rule has had an incredible run so far. Hasn't coached a game. And that's what I said to him when I had a chance to talk to him. Uh, We have a little VIP area. And I said, hey, great job so far. He goes, well, we haven't played a game. I go, I know. But everything you were supposed to do, you've done. And all the people want is professionals, right? Give them professionals in the head coaching position. Give them professionals in the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator positions. Give them professionals running the team, and they'll be happy. And so far... Matt Rule has been the ultimate professional. He worked the room. And the producer for the show, um, you know, uh, Pat Safford, he's, he's seen, you know, politicians. I know he's worked things with great talk show hosts. He's done all kinds of great stuff, right? But when you get a guy who is part reverend, part minister, part football coach, part comedian, and then part, I don't know, like he's just an amazing facilitator. When you're talking to him, he facilitates the conversation. Everything you hear about practice, he facilitates the speed and the, and the consistency in practice. He's just incredible. And I've watched guys work rooms before. You know, I've watched younger Tom Osborne work the room. And I've watched really good politicians work the room. He worked the room in the VIP area as well as anybody I've ever seen. I mean, he, I counted at one point. I stopped counting. But he had taken 71 pictures. He stopped with people. Hey, can I take your picture? 71 times over the course of about 30 minutes. Talked with everybody. Had long conversations. One of the guys who is um, on the board of the Jet Award, Denny Drake, his sister, who was in her upper 70s, came over and talked to Matt Rule. And she was like (laughs) reading him the riot act, which she expected from Nebraska football. And he was just listening to her and asking her questions. It was incredible. The man is a machine. Then, after that was over, he gave a speech. And his speech was, was incredible. He talked about family, his family, two parts of his family. You know, one side is its Italian side where you never quite knew who was going to be at the house, but whoever was there always got fed, always had a place to stay. The other side of his family, which was, was a little more quiet, was the religious side of his family where his dad is. His dad's a, a former minister. And, you know, just kind of going over what family means to him. And then he steered it to what family means to Nebraska with the former players and former administrators and, and coaches and what it means to have Frank Solich come back for the spring game. It was incredible. It was, it was a great speech. Got a, got a huge ovation, not a shock, but he held the room the whole time. And then at one point he stops and he goes, this is not about me, of course. This is about the Jet Award winning Dar- Darius Davis. But and then he went off for another five minutes. It was great. I mean, he was really good. And if, if you're not, and I know it's hard, I get it. it it's like dating women – or you're a woman dating men, and you have like four or five failures in a row, and you're like, I'm done with this. And then somebody comes along, and you're like, well, maybe, maybe this person's all right. But in the back of your mind, you're like, eh, I don't know. I've been burned. And that's how Husker fan is right now. I get it. But at the same time, let yourself go. Just, just buy into it. Just What do you got to lose? I mean, really, another four-win season? Yeah, nothing to lose. Just let yourself, and I, I was text with a friend of mine. He's like, I'm so excited. I, I listen to him talk. I hear what's happening in practice, but I'm nervous. I'm like, don't be, just don't worry. Just throw yourself behind 
behind Matt Rule and have him guide you wherever you're going. That's what I say. Um, spring game, I mentioned it. Some things I'm looking forward to before we get to uh, Damon Benning. I want to see Jeff Sims, how he plays. I've seen him take a lot of snaps at Georgia Tech. I know what kind of player he is. I know how good he can be. But look at what Caleb Williams did in the spring game for, U- for UCLA. He played one drive, three plays, two pass completions, and a touchdown, and he was done. I'm not expecting Jeff Sims to do that, but I want him to look like he's in control of the offense. I want Jeff Sims to go out there, first-team offense, boom, boom, run the ball, throw the ball, get down the field, score a touchdown. And if he only plays a quarter or a quarter and a half, that's fine with me because I want to see the young kids. I mean, I want to see Richard Torres the coming off his freshman year last year, redshirt year, and I want to see Henrik Harburg, Heinrich Harburg, who I watched play in high school but haven't seen him, obviously, in this level, and I'd love to see that kid play. So if Sims comes out and is effective on his first three drives or something like that, I have no problem him sitting down and, and you know, playing the young guys. You know, you know, Purdy and all the other guys that are there as well. I want to see where that third safety lines up for Nebraska. So 3-3-5, you've got this heavy dime concept where you bring that third safety into the box and he plays in there. Then you have the situation where you have a three high where he's in the back, he's the ultimate center fielder. That's something you could do as well. Um, I just want to see where he sets up. And I know he'll wherever he sets up, it's, it's going to be based off of what the offense is doing. But a guy like Kobe Bretts, I think, could be a great third safety. Um, Isaac Gifford, I think, could be a great third safety as well. They've got a lot of possibilities. I'm looking forward to seeing where that sets up. Um, be mistake-free as possible. In the kicking game, penalties, turnovers. I know it's just a spring game, but don't be sloppy. And I know that's what Coach Rule wants. He doesn't want balls on the ground. He wants field goal team to, to play to do what they're supposed to do. He wants to see the punt team do what it's supposed to do. If those three areas are solid, I'll be happy. And then the last one is the running backs. Um, as of right now, Gabe Irvin getting talked about a lot. Anthony Grant getting talked about a lot. There's a lot of guys on the team. Ramir Johnson, we want to see him after last year, disappointment. Um, whoever it is, I just want to see him get a chance. A.J. Allen coming off his injury uh, at the end of the year last year. So, want to see the running backs and where they end up. All right, we'll talk more about the spring game coming up. Damon Benning, uh, voice of the Huskers, will join us next. All right, let's talk more about the game and how spring has gone so far. He is the color voice of the Huskers. And of course, he is the co-host of the Coffee and Cream Morning Show. And he is a former captain, former Husker, two-time national champion. He is Damon Benning. How are you doing, sir? What's up, buddy? How are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. I feel like I just saw you. We did. And that's what I want to start with. Oh, okay. Because we were at the Jet Award. Yes, we were. And I was up in the VIP room, and I watched this guy work the room like no one I'd seen in a long, long time. Matt Rule? Matt Rule took pictures <laughs> with everybody. Yeah. He talked to everybody. Had a long conversation with Denny Drake's 75-year-old sister yeah. about football because he talked to everybody. And then he gave a speech, and his speech was fantastic. Are you all in? I'm all in. Yeah. He's something else. I Like... You know, I've said this for a couple of seven, eight weeks now. There are times, and you know me as well as anybody, where I have to double check to make sure I'm not crazy, right? Where I'll leave conversations with him, and I'm like, okay, I, I feel like he got the best of me. Like something, <laughs> right. you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm very conscious to put it through a strainer yeah. just to make sure. But if you're basing something on what a guy says or how he treats you, he's definitely hitting a home run. He is, he's been nothing short of unbelievable. Uh, Johnny said, Johnny the Jet said, they're so professional. Mm. 
When he went down to practice, he said they're just so professional. It's good to have somebody in charge, not to degrade anybody else, mm-hmm. but somebody in charge that knows what they're doing. Yeah, I, and you know what? I think we can say that and not have to quantify anymore. We know it because you feel it. I mean, going it. back even to yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah. You yeah. feel it. Yeah. You've, you've worked in the private sector, the public sector. Like, you know leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think we can say that um, it's really, really good leadership. And leave it at that because, uh, you know, guys are held accountable. Uh, There's a clear expectation level. There's a common language. There's all the good things Mm -hmm. that I think you want in leadership. And he's got some conviction, right? He's confident enough to let you know that he's confident without coming across as over the top. But you know who's in charge. Yeah. He's tough on his coaches in practice. Um He's just he's just competitive. He's we, uber competitive. We used to have a line, and this this comes from Kevin Kugler, and it was about Bill Callahan. And we said confidence without arrogance. When Bill would talk about offensive line or football, you'd be like, Oh, he obviously knows what he's talking about, mm-hmm. but he doesn't sound like he's arrogant. I, same thing about Matt Rule. I, he doesn't sound like he's arrogant, but you can tell he's confident. That is that's that's a great distinction, right? He, just his delivery, his mannerisms. Um, and he has experience to back it up. So the strange kind of cool thing about him is he's always got something to relate it to. Yeah. He'll tell you something. And they'll say, hey, it's such and such a time when I had this guy. It reminds me of this. And then there's like this this story that quantifies yeah, what he's yep, saying. Yep. He's, he's, he's a very good orator. Now, we'll see if they can win games. But yes. I know one thing. When it comes to conviction and conveying a message, he's, he's top shelf. You're all in. I'm all in. Is your household all in? Yeah. Yeah. They really are. Well, there's only one of them I care about. Yeah. You know, and he's, they got back in the hunt. Really? Yeah. yeah. They, they, they got back in the hunt. It's going to be highly competitive. And we're talking Godfather three. They pulled him back in. Yeah. They got uh, him in. I mean, he was a big chins guy. Yeah. Okay. Caleb. And yeah. he, he liked, he liked, um, coach Fisher really liked coach Will height. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are the guys that did most of the heavy lifting. So, um, you know when when that when that ended, um, you know Mickey came right in and really kind of reestablished that connection, mm-hmm. right? And and stayed with it and stayed with it. But Mickey was just one guy. Now with this staff, um, you know Coach Rule reached out right away. He had the big junior day that Sunday. He'd only been in town, you know, a week. Had the big junior day where he invited the top guys down and, and uh, he really fell in love with Coach Coop and, and he likes Coach Rule quite a bit. You know Caleb, he's he's a straight shooter and uh, he's a relationship guy and it's not about the frills and the fluff. He, he, Coach Rule's in his wheelhouse. He's a good kid. I mean, yeah. that's just, I mean, I, it's the first time I met him. He's just a good kid. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what's going on in the spring. Thoughts on Jeff Sims? You know, I'm 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 patient. Right. I think um, there's been some good. There's been some bad. I said this all along about Coach Satterfield. You have to be a guy um, that can take some constructive criticism, some hard coaching, Mm -hmm. be secure, you know, because you're going to get corrected while you're trying to learn. And you got to know that he's for you. And if Sims can continue to do that, I think he's going to give himself a chance. Right. Coach Satterfield is a lot like Coach Rule. Mm -hmm. He coaches hard, you know say some things to you that can hurt some people's feelings if you're not real secure right in in who you are but i think um i like sim's athletic ability he's got good he's got good size 
You know, he's got to take good care of the football. That's that's the thing. Like, if you don't take care of the football, they'll 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 figure it out. That, he talks about it constantly, putting the ball on the carpet in a practice scrimmage. Rule brings it up constantly. It's like yeah, one of the first it, things he mentions. It's it's super intentional. It's like everything else he says. You know, he, he, there's two things I think. Well, three. Number one, you got to care about somebody other than yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is take care of the football. Number two is or number three is take the football away. Yeah, it's all they talk about. I yeah. mean, it's it's all practice. Whether it's the drills. Uh, the, the the takeaway drills, the the fumble recoveries, like it, it's intentional, and he's willing to occasionally give you a, a pass on an interception. Right, things happen, balls get deflected. Sure. He, there's two things though with interceptions you can't do. Number one, don't do it in the red zone, and don't do it in critical situations, i.e., third downs or in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, he'll understand fumbles, and he's just not having it. It's just. I don't know what you could tell him that you could could be a legit excuse, but just doesn't believe you should ever put the ball on the carpet. You you'd rather die a horrible death than a fumble. <laughs> yeah, the ball. He just he's just not happening. <laughs> yeah, right, you know, know he'll know. leave it like you, he may turn the other way on a pick, but you you fumble it, it's over. You got young kids. Richard Torres is built like he could be a quarterback. I, we know how big and strong Heinrich Harburg can be. Those both those guys seem like the kind of quarterbacks that they want in a system because they can take off and run. Yeah, that's what they want. Uh, Torres is a good athlete. We'll see if he can handle the pressure. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of guys can run around and not get hit. We'll see what happens uh, with the bright lights and and when and when those come on with Torres. Harburg has flourished. He's competitive. Mm-hmm. He's smart. He's arguably one of the best athletes on the team. I don't even know if it's an argument anymore. Yeah, he's top he just three. Is. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember, you and I, we had this conversation coming out. We said, gosh, he could be a tight end. Mm-hmm. Right? We thought that there were a lot of things that Harburg yeah. could play coming out of high school because he was big and fast. Mm-hmm. And I used to say deceptive. It's not deceptive no, it's not anymore. He's, yeah. he's just he's fast. He's explosive kid. He's, he's just yeah, fast. Right. So um, I, I, th- I think he's had a chance to flourish. I, I'll be curious to see what happens with Purdy. You know, who's coming off some, a couple of good days. Really? Took him and a, I've kind of completely it, forgot about him it, being a part it, of the team. It took a little bit. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, it, it, it took a little bit. But, um, you know, I mean, we'll see. But, again, you got to take care of the ball. His thing is, I think you and I have talked about this because there's only a few football guys I would have this conversation with. But when he's on schedule, yeah. he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. When he improvises yeah. – not so much. He's he's the type of guy that's got to stay on schedule, get the ball out of your hands, right, right. run your offense, and, and he's fine. So a West Coast kind of guy. Yeah. Like Brock Purdy was for San Francisco. Yeah, get the that, ball that, that, that's a lot like yeah, that. Yeah. It's it's uh, When he gets to scrambling and flushing himself out of the pocket, it's, it's no bueno. Let's talk about your position, the eye-back position. And Love the term. You, you look at what Gabe Irvin was doing before he got injured last year. Mm-hmm. You look at what A.J. Allen was doing before he got injured last year. Do you consider them the two top guys, or is Anthony Grant right there too? I like Grant. He's in the hunt. Um, he slimmed I, down. Yeah, he which, which he needed. He slimmed to. down. Yeah, trust in the integrity of the play. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Go where it's drawn up. Yeah. 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 yeah sure. Yeah, old school trip. Right, right. Right. I forget. You know where all the bodies are buried. Um, you know, Allen was probably my favorite of the natural runners. Yes, yeah, I agree. And and I think, you know. And it's not to say that he's not a good back, because I think he could be. But Irvin, for me, has got to match the hype. I hear about him all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a fantastic kid. I told you the story when he was on the recruiting panel, you know, for junior day. And Mm -hmm. he wasn't even playing, but he was a guy up there with Blaze Gunnarsson and a couple of other guys that they really wanted up there. Yeah. And 
And so that told me that they thought a lot of him because this was last year under the former staff. And I, I think he's got he's one of those guys that we've heard about him all summer. He could be a really good player. Mm-hmm. And is it still enough to match what we've heard about every three days after a practice session? Mm-hmm. Right? Because they bring him up constantly, yeah. Constantly. Although the running backs coach downplayed him a little bit the last time they asked him about it. He goes, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's in the mix. So you know what? You, you can get this. This is why I like talking to a football guy. You know the thing about what, what, what Barthel will say? Mm. Got to run behind his pads. Oh, yeah. You know what that means, yeah, sure. right? It's yeah. like if, yeah. if you're 220, be yeah. 220. Right, right. right? Don't, yeah. don't, There's a lot of big guys that don't run like that. Yeah. There's a lot of big guys that don't run like that. You know, so yeah. I, I think that's the thing Yet. for him. He's a put us. He's a, oh. Remember, I, that's what yeah, a guy yeah, didn't run by his pads. That was not going <laughs> to work. his pads over here and yeah, he ran that way. He yeah. did himself a favor. Yeah, yeah. He would not be an yeah. EJ guy. No, he, yeah. Like, you just can't. Yeah. He, he's an old school running backs coach. There's yeah. a way to do it. There's a way to carry yourself. Uh, he's kind of restored some order in that room. Yeah. I know because of your confidence when you were a player mm-hmm. that maybe the offensive line wasn't as critical as maybe it is. Maybe you thought, you know, I can make things happen. I, I'm Damon Benning. I can make, <laughs> what I know, the offensive line is very critical. If I told you to start the season that you had a, a, a healthy Teddy Prohaska, mm-hmm. you had Nuelli at, at yeah, um, yeah. and then you had Scott at center, and then a, a Corcoran or Piper, and then a Benhart. If like those are your six guys, is that good enough to roll uh, in the Big Ten? Man, I hope so because this is what I want to see happen. You have to kind of like you want backs to run behind their pads. Mm-hmm. Play to those guys' strengths. Those guys are kind of graders. Mm. You know, at least they were. Now they, you'll yeah, see they don't them. weigh like that anymore. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they do. They, they look like yeah. Ho- like a basketball player. They look like hoopers. He's like a hooper. Yeah. I, they exactly. they yep. look like. I mean, you look at Teddy. It's hard to believe he's carrying three hundred. Yeah. And and it, again, another guy that knows because of all the times we talk. But remember, I'm I'm one of those guys that thought their line was too big. Mm-hmm. They were. Just, I thought the O line was too big. I thought the D line was too big. You know, they're yeah. about thirteen pounds heavier than the average offensive lineman of anybody else. In the Big Ten. Yeah, you're talking about Minnesota's in that yeah. mix, and that's a big line. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But their scheme, so their scheme kind of fits their size, right? Like, you know, Nebraska would try to do gaps. They just couldn't get out in space, and they couldn't get to second level. Yeah. Now, if you're going to be really good at the point of attack, and you want the first level secured, and backs don't have a ton of creativity in terms of make the free guy miss, mm-hmm. then you give yourself a chance, but... They, they've gotten so much more athletic. I mean, Piper looks like the guy that was actually doing backflips and dunking when he first came to Nebraska, as opposed to the guy where you and I asked ourselves. And he, I remember you told me, so, I thought you said this guy was athletic. He's like a dump I truck. Said, I, <laughs> he's like a, athletic as a dump truck. That's I, what said, he was. I said, I don't know what happened. He, got, yeah. he was too big. Yeah. But, uh, they, but you know what happens? What? I, the great year, and Jay Moore can talk a little about this too, there was a year where Kennedy got everybody really big mm-hmm. under Callahan, mm-hmm. and 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 Turner walked out at like two ninety at Big Twelve media days. We yeah. were like, yeah. that guy was two twenty five when B- he got here. He could not move. Why would you want the man to be two ninety? And sometimes it's just I think the season conditioning guy is not it the happened same to age. Me. Remember, I oh yeah, I, I remember. I, 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 tried, I tried here, to yeah. yeah, I tried to play heavy and yeah. take pound the load and. It, it's just not me. And you look yeah. at Ben Hart and some of those guys. He's like thin. He is really thin. That was that was that stood out the first time I saw him. So so like maybe the the bend will be back. And I actually think I mean Coach Rule put it out there. You know he said he, that's an NFL caliber offensive lineman. Yeah. Now the caveat is does does he think he that is, he's yeah. an NFL caliber yeah. offensive lineman? So huh. he he hasn't shied away from that old line talk. 
I know he has. He's he's like the only guy in the last four years and, and, to say and anything he, positive. And, and he line. said it early. Isn't that scary? Yeah, he did right away after he watched tape. Yeah, he's he like watched tape. He said, "I'm not subscribing to that narrative." Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, game on." We'll see what happens. Uh, early enrollees, who's impressed you the most? Uh, Prince Well, Uman Yellen. Gunnar Gatola, uh, Lin, uh, Linhart, and, or Dwight Boodle. Those are kind of the main guys. That Boodle hasn't been as healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but all three, take your pick. You mean Yellen's put together? Listen. He is put together. B- both those edge guys are pretty good. Yeah. They're playing in the two deep. Maverick Noonan is playing in the two deep. Right. I should have um, mentioned him. I didn't and, say Noonan. And I think Gatula has been the most pleasant surprise of them all. Because really? I don't think a lot of people were high on him. Coming out in high school, he's got good size. They got him playing left tackle. Mm-hmm. He's getting a ton of reps because they don't have a lot of depth. Yep, he's actually been a, a, a pleasant surprise. But I'll go with both edge guys, Len Hart and Uma Wellen. You've been yelling, man. You look at him. You'd love him. Remember he, how many times we've he's, talked about he's you, a, can, you can find pass rushers. Mm-hmm. You can go to a basketball team and pull them. Troy, you, <laughs> those guys play basketball. Yeah. You go get them right. Nebraska for some reason has been searching forever. To find one, yep. uh, Randy Gregory, really the last true guy, you know. The both you those guys, you'll, you'll like. They jumped off the page. I'm mm. like, oh, 55, 90. God, those guys look good. And everybody's yeah. like, watch him. You got to watch him. And even Maverick Noonan is a pretty good natural pass rusher. I look forward to that, um, seeing him on Saturday and then going out on the field and seeing him too. We always talk about what's the strongest position mm-hmm. um, in spring. And I know it's probably not the one, but they could be le- legitimately three deep at tight end with real quality. Yeah. I, I'm in. If health, like, obviously health is a I'm thing. I'm in complete agreement. Yeah. I mean, they're so, solid. So, they're good enough at that spot where you can have a guy like A.J. Rollins Go to play, side. play yeah. defense. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Mm. Quietly, it has been a very good position this spring. Really? Well, who's talking about it? I mean, oh. you're the first person yeah. that's brought it up. You know who I loved in high school was uh, Lindenmeyer. Watching him, he wore ninety nine, and he stood they, out when he played. They love him. Yeah, he's he was a good athlete in high school. A, he jumped I, off the page. Write that down again. We'll be the only guy that I'll have the conversation with that will have brought up Lindemar. They love Lindemar. Yeah. So you got Fedoni, Gilbert, Bonner, who they moved over, yep. who's got to put on weight, and then Lindemar. That's a that's not bad. No, it's not. So tell me what you what you're looking for on Saturday. Well, I, so there's three things. Number one. You take care of the football. I know it sounds like coach. List. It it sounds like coach speak, but you cannot get out there Saturday and wet the bed. Yeah, don't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Certainly don't put it on the carpet. Right. right, you get a deflection, okay, and it's a you know a tip pick. Don't put it on the carpet though. Number two is how sudden are guys moving? Are they tentative with run through tackles? This this is not a gator roll. Uh, ankle right. ankle yeah. bite team, man. Yeah. They they wrap and run the feet, mm-hmm. and 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 they're coming in. Through your belly button, up through your sternum, right? Like that, that's a it's a it's a team that wants to strike in, drive you back. So I want to see how how sudden guys move. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is sounds funny in a spring game, but man, if their place kicking can get a little more consistent, that's on my list too. Yeah. Well, I, we kind of think a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, you <laughs> like, got to do, man. Yeah, because we win know what wins games. games. You win or lose yeah, games. We, yeah, we know what wins yeah. games. So that that's a big deal. Yeah, I think if they. If they can be perfect on special teams, which is almost impossible, but you know, don't drop any punts, return a few kickoffs God, if they, they allow it. I, I love watching. They got a few surprises for you on special teams. Really? Yeah. I, well, they. Um, I've always thought they had about seven or eight guys who were good high school returners. Yeah. How come yeah. they can't be doing it? Well, I mean, when you get guys like Elliot Brown in the top three or four, well, he's a good athlete. Listen, I mean, he's more than a TikTok guy, he's a good athlete. It, I watched a, him play in high school. Total blank slate. Yeah. You want to win a job? Go get it. 
Yeah. And, and I think you'll like that. Do you think uh, Xavier can do well enough in the classroom? I do. He's taking 21 hours. And you know what scares me? That's a load, me. boy. Oh, it's, That's it, a load. It, I've it, done it that. It would be tough for me. That's a load. I've taken And, that and I would like to yeah. think I was fairly okay. Yeah. And it would be hard for me. And this is catch-up, too. It's not like you're in your junior, senior year, you're yeah. taking classes your major. Yeah. He's and still taking core classes. They, they, they laid it on the line to him and said, hey, listen, if you want to play, this is what has to happen. Wow. And wow. This is where you got to be. So he's taking 21 hours. And uh, I have confidence. He, listen, so I miss one day. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. You know. Well, they don't, they don't let that. No. Obviously, you saw what happened with Grant. He, he, he tried yeah. another. Yeah. And, uh, and that's all you get. Yeah, yeah. It's not happening. All right. Well, we'll see you up there Saturday. All right, man. Damon Benning, color voice of the Huskers, and, of course, former captain as well. So listen to him. Welcome back to Let It Fly Show. We're talking with the latest Creighton Blue Jay. Point guard transfer over from Utah State. Stephen Ashworth joining us here on the Let It Fly Show. Stephen, how's it going, man? How you feeling? Feeling great. I'm excited to be here, excited to be a Blue Jay. And uh, just grateful the opportunity, opportunity to be here and opportunity to keep playing basketball and doing things that I love. You are obviously a grown man. You, you're married. You went on your mission already, right? Are you 23? Uh, 22. 22. So when you're making yep. this decision on where you're going, you're not like the normal portal guy where it's just you. You got to consider your wife too. How, how did that whole process work for you? Yeah, no doubt. You're definitely spot on with that to where it isn't just about me. It's not about... Just wondering, you know, am I okay leaving close family, things like that? It's it's both of us and making sure that she's comfortable with whatever situation we're putting ourselves into. And at the same time, she was great to have right by my side, be able to lean on her, ask her different questions, feel different things out from different situations. And she just made the whole process very smooth and um, was a lot of fun to be able to kind of grow together through this by letting her know who was calling, who was texting, what were they saying, because you know, with any decision, you need a lot of information. And mm -hmm. so it was great because I needed her help to make this decision. But at the same time, I had to work on my communicating skills to let her know who was exactly <laughs> saying what so that she could help it make an informed decision. So it's, it's been great. Yeah, as a guy who's been married almost 20 years, that communication skill stuff comes in handy. And it's going to really come yeah. in handy coming down the road. Uh, so there's a lot of things, obviously, you weigh, you know, playing time and offense, location of the, of the, of the team, coaching staff. Give me the couple main reasons why you picked the Jays and, and playing in the Big East. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, you, you hit a spot on with the fact that playing in the Big East, playing in front of fans that care every single night, um, you know, they're top five in average attendance, and that's uh, really difficult for a lot of places to say yeah. and to be able to have a fan base like that. I'm super stoked to be playing uh, in front of, and they also travel super well. I actually remember a tournament where we were out in Las Vegas and we were playing LMU yeah. right after a BYU versus Creighton game. And I walked into the arena about halftime because we got there pretty early before we would start after, after them. And I look in the, the stands, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of BYU fans, you know. And, and I wasn't that shocked because, you know, Provo to Las Vegas, pretty easy trip. Well, then the second half starts and everybody is cheering for Creighton in there. And I was just like, holy cow, <laughs> like, you know, it's a similar shade of blue. But then after realizing it, it wasn't BYU fans, it was all Creighton fans. And so wow. I was that was kind of my first taste of of the fandom of Creighton basketball. And so that was super cool. And then. Another huge decision is just the guys that I'm going to be around in the locker room and the coaching staff. They made me feel right at home, and I feel like it's a great fit uh, style of play-wise and all of those things. With the way you guys go to camps and everything is always somebody you probably know from 
whether they played with you, played in the same city. Is there anybody on the team that you know really well? Yeah, so actually Evan Young um, on the team currently, mm-hmm. he and I grew up going to like the same high school, Oh wow! Um, same kind of neighborhoods and things like that. And so I've been able to kind of look to him and ask him a few questions about what Omaha is like and Coach McDermott and just the guys. And he's been a huge help to just the decision-making process. But nobody else that I really played against or, or played with in mm. AAU or things like that out there. Yeah. What about so far? You know, obviously you can get on text change. You met a lot of those guys when you came to visit. How's that relationship been so far with your new teammates? Yeah, it's been great. I felt like I've been able to connect. And, uh, you know, Ryan was a uh, Kalkbrenner was a nice and easy one because he's getting to go into a stage that I've been in for a few years. And so um, I felt like that was really natural. And uh, my wife, Peyton and, and Rachel hit it off. And so that'll be great. And then also, Baylor was just in the situation that I was in last year. And yep. so be able to text him and just ask him some questions and some things and think through it. He's been a huge help. And then really excited to get to know better, um, you know, Trey and um, Art if, if they decide to, to return. But mm. um, it's been it's been super fun. I actually got some shots up um, with uh, Francisco yeah. Bello and uh, our guy Mason Miller, too, out there on the visit. And so those are some some studs that I was able to kind of get a little closer to as well out there. Stephen Ashworth joining us here on the Let It Fly show. One of our local guys, he's the ultimate basketball guy, his name Jacob Padilla. He's from Hale Varsity, uh-huh. and he went through some numbers of your season and the way you played, and he had you as one of the best catch-and-shoot guys in all of college basketball. Can you talk about some of the stuff you've worked on as you've gotten better over the three years at Utah State and, and what you bring to Creighton fans, what they're going to see of you on the court? Yeah, I mean, I hope the Creighton fans are going to see me knocking down a lot of threes and, <laughs> um, you know, taking a lot of open threes. That's something that by watching Creighton basketball, I've recognized that they make the extra pass, the go-to guys, that open guy in transition and all those types of things. And so, um, you know, those things are what I'm excited for. And from my player development side, I think that uh, some of that evolution of my improved performances come from just the types of drills and the types of types of situations I put myself in, Mm -hmm. in practice uh, and in workouts. And so I try to make sure that I'm constantly uh, playing off the move, catch and shoot isn't just standstill, but even if it is, I've also transitioned, which I think has helped me a lot. And I guess it's a little secret to my trade that I'll, that I'll give away here Mm -hmm. is um, changing the development from, I used to be a guy that was like, all right, I'm going to make, I'm going to make 200 threes every day. Mm-hmm. And that was like the minimum. Um, and, you know, you'd go in, you'd, you'd make all those shots, and then you'd kind of kind of be done. But one thing that I've really started to do more so now is doing drills. Like I'm still making the 200, mm-hmm. but it's uh, to, to move spots, I have to make five out of six. Oh. Um, or, you know, to really finish this set, I've got to make 21 out of 25. And on top of that, we, we can't miss two in a row. Mm. So if you miss if you miss one, you really have that game pressure, that very next shot to put yourself in those game situations. Even though it's practice and it's not going to be the end of the world, you don't want to restart a whole drill when right. you're in the last spot. So you're really going to feel some of those pressures. And so that's one of the things that I've started to do more of in my individual workouts that I think is, um, you know, been able to show itself on the court. One of the other numbers that Jacob had on Twitter was about how many times you had shots at the rim. Obviously, that was a big part of Ryan Nimhart's game. And then point guards even before him, Maurice Watson, um, Watson, 
How are you in terms of getting to the rim? Do you see yourself doing that a little bit more, especially with the alley-oop to Ryan Cockburn, all that kind of stuff? Do you see you're doing more of that? Yeah, those things definitely make me excited. And actually watching some film with Coach Mack, we've already even seen some areas to where I'm going to be getting more opportunities um, to actually take some of those shots at the rim. I think that um, out here in, at Utah State, I was able to get there mm-hmm. a lot, but typically the best option was then to facilitate it once I was in there because of the help side defense or the seven-footer coming over to try and block my shot. Yeah, And some of the things that he was showing me uh, especially with just the way that Nemhard was able to do it and some other players in the past is when you have a guy like Kalkbrenner, the big isn't really going to want to help off of him for just an easy dump off. And so that got them some more attempts at the rim. And so that's what I would definitely foresee. And it's something that I want to improve on and, and increase my volume. But then at the same time to have a weapon like Kalkbrenner and some shooters around the perimeter, no matter who's out there, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. You guys want to get better every year. Is there something specific that you've been working on recently in your game, whether it be defense or something else that you've been working on to try to get even better as a fourth-year player? Yeah, I think two things that are really on my mind are um, just improving my floater ability, uh, making sure that I can make those runners and floaters in tight situations and Mm -hmm. then in the game because that's just another option that it would give me in the pick-and-roll outside of the jump shot or the pull-up three. And then – or the lob, I should say, too. Mm-hmm. And then on the defensive side, one of the biggest things I'm focusing on this offseason is just being in the weight room um, and developing my body even more uh, to where I can take a few more hits on the defensive end and um, you know withstand some of the physicality that I'm going to get ready for in the Big East. When you look back at playing, you guys played San Diego State three times last year, two times, really close games. Were you surprised they ended up where they did in the Final Four? Or what were your thoughts on on seeing them make it that far? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say because I think, you know, walking out of uh, the Mountain West Conference Championship, I thought that both of us had a really good opportunity to make a run. Um, And I'd say even more so when we saw the, you know, the selection and where we were both at. And I thought, man, like this would be crazy if we met up for the fourth time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the Elite Eight being on the same side of the bracket and in the same same region. And so I wouldn't say that I was shocked. There was definitely some, you know, thought of, wow, like they're actually there. Like they're, they're in the Final Four. And then once again, wow, like Lamont Butler just hit that shot and they're <laughs> playing it for the national championship. Like, right. and to think that they were playing for the national championship and two of our games were decided by, you know, three points or less. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it just went to show how talented the Mountain West was this year and how high caliber of basketball we were playing out here. And then at the same time that basketball is a game of, you know, slim margins and it can make a huge difference on what side of the spectrum you are. But yeah, it was cool to watch them. Biggest difference you've seen so far from what you experienced in the Mountain West and what you're going to experience in the Big East based off what you've seen on TV or on tape? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Big East is interesting just with the different amount of um, styles that the teams play. There's definitely some some physical teams, and then there's some teams that play really, really fast, like Creighton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Xavier likes to play fast yeah. like us. And then, um, you know, with St. John's, they're definitely going to probably – yeah. take up the tempo and, uh, you know, pressure the ball, things like that. And so I think that's why the Big East is so fun is that there's so much diversity in the way that people like to play. And so I think from a nightly basis, getting ready to to play at that level. And then also um, from the standpoint of that, you know, there's going to be 
nine really, really solid. I don't even know how many, like, right, really, really solid teams to where you can't. Um, I don't want to say you could take a night off in the Mountain West because it wasn't necessarily like that, but there were right. some games that you just knew knew you should win as opposed to I feel like in the Big East there's gonna it's going to be a dogfight every single night. And so those are some of the things that I am trying to prepare myself to adjust for, and we'll see what kind of comes of it. With all the shots you're getting up and being married, you seem to be pretty busy, but are there any hobbies, anything you like to do outside of, outside of basketball? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it's – it's probably still some some aspect of sports I, I love to compete and um, I think my wife has been been good about reminding me when are good times to compete and when are good times to just have some fun yeah um, it's okay to lose an uno game here and there <laughs> you're gonna you know? say uno. <laughs> I think that that's that's cool we like playing card games uh, I, I'm into golf as well as pickleball nice and Peyton is a she grew up playing tennis and so she's the ultimate uh, you know, doubles pickleball partner for me. So she uh, she wins some games for us, and then I just, you know, am her backup basically in pickleball. But, yeah, some of those hobbies. I, uh, can I ask you how old she is by any chance, your wife? Yeah, so she's actually 23, so she's okay. a year older than me. Okay, so. I was wondering because there was a show that I used to watch called One Tree Hill, and it was a girl named Peyton, and a lot of people named their girls Peyton because of that show. Yeah. So I thought maybe that was the case, but the timing doesn't work out. So yeah, yeah. yeah. When are you gonna, uh, when are you gonna make the town? When are you coming to town? So the <clears throat> the plan is right now we're working on getting some things packed up here in Logan, and then trying to find what the moving companies can do and what the time frame would be like that. And uh, first day of practice June fifth, mm. but at the same time we want to kind of get out there a little bit earlier so we could possibly even be out there mid May. Um, we do have a family vacation like May twenty first for about a week, so we'll be so we'll be gone. But then. After that, headed back to, to Omaha, and we'll, we'll be there for, for good for the summer, basically, until the season starts. So, Well, take a bunch of pictures of all those mountains there so you can bring them with you because we don't have that here. <laughs> no, no mountains, but you got some hills and some rivers, and so yeah, yeah. that was good to see because I served my mission in Indianapolis, oh, and okay. that place is flat. Yes, it is. It's very no, flat. No doubt. Stephen, we appreciate it, man. Congratulations on your decision, and we, we can't wait to see you play uh, come up this fall. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to uh, chatting it up some more when we get out there to Omaha. All right. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate him coming on and, and hanging with us. Really interesting, and you can tell he, he's an adult. Kid's been married. He went on his mission, 23 years old, experienced, um, going to come in here. I don't, I don't know how good of a player he'll be. I know what he was at Utah State. I do know as a professional and as an adult, he'll, he'll handle the transition great. Um, quick thoughts on uh, NBA playoffs so far. Um, things have gone pretty much like we thought. Golden State down 0-2 with one of their best players um, being suspended. That obviously is a little bit different than maybe we thought it was going to be, but I, I kind of like Sacramento coming into that series. I told Josh a couple weeks ago, that's kind of my favorite series. It's set up perfectly. You had a team in Sacramento that no one expected to be able to advance. They just they get in the playoffs. They're in. That's great. Um, but efficient on offense, not great defensively. But at the same time, Golden State can be limited. You know, even though Draymond's out with his suspension, you're talking about a team in, in pool that has struggled to score. They've had some issues overall. Wiggins being out, all of that. Um, this is not really a surprise to me that much now. You know, Philadelphia playing well against the Knicks and Boston playing great. Not a surprise. Um, perfect matchup for them. Uh, I, I think overall it's really early, obviously, in the playoffs, and we'll talk more about that as we go on probably next week's show when I bring jo- when Josh comes back in. Real quick about Nebraska basketball before we get out of here. 
Um, a couple guys leaving. Obviously, you expected that. Guys who want more playing time. Uh, Quarren McPherson is out. But if you look at some of the guys who've come in, Rink Mast, the cat of Bradley, I think he's a perfect fit for what Nebraska wants to do. I know he's a perfect fit for what Fred Hoiberg wants to do. And then Bryce Williams coming out of Chicago. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. There's some more. There's one more spot. Uh, will it be Latrell Reitzel? Will it be Hunter Salas? I don't know. Um, they got their feelers out. They've had visits. They've talked to these guys. And so Nebraska basketball, along with Creighton basketball, taking advantage of the transfer portal. Guys are going to leave. Guys are going to come. Right? That's where we are right now. Don't, don't get mad. Don't get upset when they leave. Be happy when guys decide to come to your school. Um, that's it for this show. Uh, great show. So uh, you talk about David Benning coming on and talking to Springs. That was wonderful. Um, talking to Stephen Ashworth from the brand new Creighton point guard. We appreciate him taking the time as well. Josh will be back next week. Want to remind you again, June 16th, Let It Fly Sports Bar will open its doors to you to Omaha in the Capital District. It's going to be fun. First day of the College World Series, first day of a brand new sports bar in the Let It Fly Sports Bar. Special thanks always to Herd App producer Pat Safford, Phil McLean for helping to book the guest as well. Thanks to Damon Benning and Stephen Ashworth as well. And always remember, Omaha Steaks, a great gift any time of the year. As Josh would say, Michael Severe, for the Josh Jones is not here, it's Let It Fly Show. <laughs>